Plunger moves on in, and he scores! Got a line today. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Matt Hoagland's favorite podcast, the Pod Street Bullies. <laughs> My name is Derek. And I am John. What's going on, everybody? We are entering some dangerous times here. It's over 100 days, no hockey. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a glimmer of hope, but how are you doing, man? If you want to call it that, <laughs> if you want to call it a glimmer of hope, all the spike in yeah. this COVID-19. I mean, I'm doing all right, dude. I I've gotten to the point where, like, being in front of people makes me feel weird. Like, going to the grocery store, uh, I'm like, oh, God, get away from me. Get away. I, I don't know what to do. Um, <laughs> so, but aside from being neurotic, I guess I'm doing all right. The whole sport thing is driving me nuts. Speaking of sports, do I get to tell a story? I mean, when have I ever stopped you? So, Belmont was this past weekend. All the ponies. And. Yeah, and everybody knows if they listen to this show, I do like to bet the horses every once in a while. I'm, I'm not a high roller. I don't bet a lot of money. But anyway, my wife invited one of her good friends over, and her boyfriend came too. He's a good guy. His name is Greg, I think. Gre- I think it's Greg. Sometimes I call him Jeff. It's Jeff or Greg. Greg, we're going to go with Greg. <laughs> anyway, uh, Greg really doesn't bet the horses or anything like that. He just downloaded an app so he could bet with me. We watch a race or two, and one of the horses that I picked, he bet two, and they won. Won a few dollars, whatever. So he's getting all excited. So he then picks another horse that I pick. Again, that horse won. And that horse, let's say it was like five to one odds. Mm -hmm. I put like $10 on it, whatever. It was fine. But he goes to me. He's like, John, not only did I bet it to win, I, uh, I bet the trifecta. So he hits the trifecta. And I'm looking at the trifecta. I'm like, oh, man, 50 cents. For every 50 cents you bet, it was a $50. So I was typically you bet a $2 bet. That's like your casual bet. Yeah. I'm like, yo, man, you just walked away with 200 bucks. He goes, yeah, I bet $10 on it. Get out. $980 just from the trifecta. Then he put 20 on the freaking winner. He walked o- away with over a grand from one race. Guy never watches racing. Here I am all excited. I won 50 bucks. Always happens to me, dude. It's always the guy with me, aside from that time that you were here. I was going to say. It's always the guy with Like, why wasn't yeah. I this lucky? I That pisses me off, honestly. <laughs> oh, man. I-, I kept going on and on about it. Each guy has a freaking grand. You charge that guy an entrance fee the next time he comes over to watch the races. Right. (laughs) There's a cover fee. fee. (laughs) There's a cover fee at the Globe House to watch Belmont. (laughs) I mean, good for him. I don't think I've won $1,000 total on this stuff, but whatever. I'm not a big better myself, but like I I bet like the five bucks here or there. Like, hey, I'll bet you five bucks so-and-so wins this match, this game, whatever. I usually lose, so I just don't do it. But... If we're going to stray away from the stories here, we're going to get down to some hockey. We want to talk about, I guess you could call this, uh, maybe we're jumping the gun a little bit and talking some off-season hockey, but with the way things are going, who knows? We're going to talk some defense. We're going to talk the Flyers' blue line. We're going to talk the Phantoms' blue line. Who's leaving? Who's coming up? What's going to happen? Just We're going to encapsulate 
all of it here, uh, starting with the pros. We're going to talk about who's on the Flyers, who's going to be staying on the Flyers, contracts, yada, yada, yada. You get the gist. Yep. So we're looking at this right now. And under contract next year for the Flyers, you have Ivan Provorov, Matt Niskanen, yep. Shane Gostisbehere, Travis Sanheim, and Samuel Morin. You have two RFAs in Robert Haig and Philip Myers, and you have one UFA in Justin Braun. Yep. This time, or maybe not this time, let's say come October, the presumed beginning of the 2021 season, who, I guess, how do you see things shaking out in the offseason? Are people coming back? Are they just going to let them walk? How do you think this is all going to unfold here? Yes, well, I mean, so it's going to be very interesting because there are certain things we just don't know, and that's what is the cap going to look like? Are there going to be any sort of salary cuts that need to be made? So if we kind of put all that to the side, right, I think the only one that's really gone here, unless Goss's beer gets traded, um, which is, is possible, I think the only one gone here is going to be Justin Braun. Okay. I think that they'll... I think that they'll re-sign, obviously, Myers, but I do think that they'll re-sign Haig. I don't see him as a bad option, you know, for your sixth, seventh defenseman, especially when you're considering that you have to kind of save money these next few years. You know, you just can't be throwing money at any old person, and we'll get into it a little bit more, but there's no one really in the system that's ready to take that next step. So, And when you've got a guy like Haig who's making 1.15, a year, and you know, obviously, this being the last year of his contract, do you see there being a substantial raise in his salary next year if the Flyers no. were to re-sign him? No, not at all. No, no, I don't. I, I mean, maybe like two million, but like just to say, hey, we really like what you've been doing. But no, I re- I don't really see it, and I can't see him thinking he can get more money on the open market either. See, but I could. I think that, you know, a team that really needs to solidify their bottom pairing might be more willing to throw the two, maybe two and a half mil at them. I mean, I, I shouldn't use Brandon Manning as an example, but, you know, he signed a contract after the Flyers, and now, well, we all know what happened. But regardless, right. you know, he, he had a life after the Flyers. I think Haig's even younger than Manning was. There's potential for there to be a little bit of a market for Haig. Well, I mean, listen, do I think that teams would be interested? Sure. But I also think when it comes to players like Haig, every team has one. Mm-hmm. And every team values their Haig more than any other team will because they see them every day. They see their work ethic. You know, They see what they put on the ice every day. So I think that if any team is going to hold him to a high value, it'll be the Flyers. Um, any other team, I think, you know, there's a bunch of people that could fill that role too. You know, his his upside isn't huge. So it's not like they're going to grab him and think, you know, hey, maybe we have a diamond in the rough here. Like what you see is what you get. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we know what he brings to the table. Uh, we know what a guy like Shane Gostisbehere brings to the table. We know what he has been able to bring to the table. Is there going to be much of a competition between those two? I guess for that last defensive spot, you know, for the number six defensive spot. Well, let's do the math here. You got Provorov is one, Niskanen's two, 
Of course. Sandheim's three. Uh, Myers is four. Mm-hmm. So you, unless I'm missing something, you have Gossa, Spear, Haig, and Moran for two spots, right? Unless yep. we were going to call somebody up. I mean, of course they could sign or trade for somebody. Mm-hmm. So essentially, unless Samuel Moran, I don't know, stays healthy, you're looking at a bottom pairing or your bottom two defensemen being Gossespear and Haig. That is true. Now, let's say let's say Moran is healthy. Yeah, not the, not the sexiest option. But for hypothetical sake, let's say that Sammy Moran comes in. He's ready by training camp, which is what I, I believe is the case. I think people are saying that he's going to be ready by training camp. He comes out, stays healthy through all the preseason games, training camp, all that. Is he going to make the opening night roster if all circumstances permit? Dude, I don't know. I, I'm i sick and tired of trying to even guess what this guy's going to be able to do. You know, it's no fault of his own, but he can't stay healthy. And I just – I've said this a few times. I just think that the time for him, unfortunately, has passed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more I think of it, I could see them trying to maybe trade Goss Bear free up that cap space even if it's for you know a mid-round pick i know some people go nuts but i don't think you're getting much more for gossip bear especially if someone's going to take on that cap hit mm-hmm. um free up the cap space and see if you can get a short-term ad to kind of sh- maybe a justin braun type mm-hmm. guy i don't necessarily need him back but um you know and then have that player and Hague. Now, bringing this to the table, you look at guys like a Dustin Bufflin, a Brent Burns, Zdeno Chara even, three big-bodied defensemen, stay-at-home types. You could argue Burns is an offensive defenseman, which he really is. But it Bufflin took, was, too, Buff, wasn't he? Bufflin actually played wing as well, uh, yeah. converted to defense. But these guys did take a little longer to develop because of their size because of the weight that they put on when you get to the NHL. That's a big thing. You know, you come into the NHL, you're 6'4 and a, a buck 85 soaking wet. Your body's not used to carrying around, what do you think, like 225 for some of these guys is a normal weight? That's right. an extra 40 pounds. Like, I, I put on an extra 30 pounds and I couldn't carry it around. I tore my ACL. <laughs> yeah. They're also not going to put, they're not going to be confident in relying on him, though. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, even if he has a great 10 games, there's no guarantee he's going to last the year. You're right. Now, do you shelter him a little bit on that third pairing then? Because you can play him in a limited role, maybe get him 12 to 14 minutes a night as opposed to maybe your typical, whatever, 16, 17 minutes a night. You know, is that something worth but you could- doing? You couldn't put him and Haig on the same pair, dude. No, it would have to be Gostas Bear. It would have to be. So so then so then you make hate. Yeah, but do you know how many goals that freaking pair would put up? Well, I mean, yeah. Well, oh. either. I mean, I think I, yeah. putting I mean, two defensemen together that are two defensive defensemen seems like a good idea because, oh, two guys that are good at what their position says, you know? But, sure, not in today's NHL, though. No. Unfortunately, you need a guy who can bring the puck up past, you know, yeah. Into your own zone. You're right. And I, th- I, I'm i just playing devil's advocate here. I believe that as much as Gostaspair has his flaws, he's the safer option. Haig as right. well, you know, aside from Morin. Morin is signed through next season. 
is there a role for him anywhere in this organization next year aside from just being an AHL player? Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, I feel like you got to put him in the AHL, see what he can do, and then you, eventually you're going to have to give him a shot because this is your last go-round with this guy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, this is this yeah. coming up year. I yeah. guess I should yep. say next year, the 2020-2021 right. season will be his last. Whatever the hell contract. that is. Yeah, who yeah. knows? But um, they've got yeah. to figure out what they've got in him at the very least if he can stay healthy. Right. Right. I mean, but I do think at the same time, get him healthy in the AHL, you know, and then kind of make your way up there. But the more and more I look at this, they're going to have to do something. I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that, like, veteran experience is necessary you know you got Provorov who even though he's only 23 is a vet at this point yeah. uh you know Niskin so Niskin is a great and, option you know I mean and Sanheim's 24 at this point he's he's not a rookie anymore yeah um Haig as well Haig's 25 right you know I mean Myers is still a little green but by next year hopefully that won't be as much of an issue um I mean, the thing is, and maybe we could transition to it a little bit, there is no real option in Lehigh Valley to come in there and replace and, and fill a hole either. Now, I could argue that and say I that know, you know, know exactly you who I'm going to say. I know you who you're going to say, yes. Yeah. It's, it's a realistic option, but the thing is, if we're going by what you were saying earlier, where obviously the top four defensemen you have – between Provorov, Niskanen, Sanheim, and Myers, your bottom pairing, if it doesn't consist of Morin, if it doesn't consist of these guys, is it Friedman? And then if you have a seventh defenseman, do you want it to be one of these young guys that really does need to play? You know, we've talked about this seasons past, you know, just for so many years with these young guys, you're not going to bring them up to the Flyers just to sit them on the bench. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Friedman, right, he's going to be 25 on Christmas. If the this whole playoff thing still happens, right, there's a good chance that the next season doesn't start till like January 1, if I'm just guessing. I mean, who knows? But sure. so he could go into the next season being 25 years old. He's not a spring chicken anymore. You know, he was drafted in 2014, and although I like what he does in Lehigh Valley, he is a stopgap guy in the NHL. Like, somebody's hurt, you need him to come up and play a few games. There's just nothing there that screams to me, you are going to make my team better. Like, you're just a body. Mm-hmm. And that sounds really cruel, and I don't mean it to insult him, but, like, it, it's just like a, a Moran at this point. Like... You're just going to be kind of there, and there's no upside. Like, if Moran could stay healthy, there's a lot of upside there. I don't necessarily see that with Freeman. Now, then, are you against Friedman coming up, being the seventh defenseman, in order to get Morin down in Lehigh Valley to play those minutes there? So, here's my thought on seventh defenseman. I would much rather, and then I know that like Haig doesn't necessarily fit that bill because he is older, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, not older, younger is yeah. what I meant to say, is I want them to be kind of an older guy who's who's played enough games where he can kind of have the night off, but he's just not, he's maybe past his prime kind of deal. Uh, 
you know, so ideally I would rather him be in Lehigh Valley continuing to work. But again, we don't really have many good options. (laughs) That's true. So, So, yes, if I were to say who would I rather be in the AHL developing, it would be Moran, not Friedman. If that makes sense, absolutely makes sense. I I agree with you one hundred percent. I think that, you know, Friedman's played for x amount of years in the AHL. He's been a mainstay on the blue line for the Phantoms for a while now. Uh, proven his worth right. there. He's a great AHL defenseman. I think that now, this season, if there's one defenseman for the Phantoms to focus on, it needs to be Sam Morin. It needs to be rehabbing not just his knees, not just his body, but his confidence as well, because, you know, we all know what it's like recovering from an injury. You know, you get, it's, it's a setback and the mental aspect of it is just as important as the physical. You need to be able to get your mind right, be able to take that next step in development and just say, okay, that's in the past. That's in the rearview mirror. It's time to look forward. It's time to get going on that. Exactly. Yeah. So So, if we're done talking, I guess tweeners, we can call them them between the AHL and NHL. We've got AHL defenseman right now with Zamula is making the jump. He will be yep. under contract for the Phantoms. He is 20 years old, jumping over from Russia. Or, I'm sorry, the WHL with Calgary Hitman. You have Andy Walensky and Mark Friedman both on expiring contracts. Walensky will be a UFA, Friedman an RFA. Nate Prosser, Chris Bigra, and Tyler Watherspoon, all signed last offseason, are signed through next season as well. <sighs> Which Why? I know. I'm of the uh, same mindset. The only other, I guess you could call them incumbents, uh, you have Reese Wilcox. Reese Wilcox was kind of floating between the Royals uh, of the ECHL and the Phantoms because we had some young guys that needed some time. He's going to be a G6 UFA. So much like Stellars would have been for the Flyers mm-hmm. if had they not traded him to Edmonton. Uh... We'll What's that stupid song? We know this song. We know this yeah, song. It sucks. It stupid does. song. It's even worse right. that you just covered it. But anyways, <laughs> there's two, I guess there is three newcomers, but the other two that we need to discuss here, Wyatt Wiley from Everett in the WHL, and then making Wait, me... hold on. You're just going to jump over Zamula? Well, I, I mentioned Zamula right off the bat. I don't. He's more than just a mention, dude. I where I'm just giving the synopsis of who we're going to be discussing, oh. and then we're going to get okay. into depth. All right. Sorry, I get Holy excited. Holy hell! I, I get excited, man. Okay. This is this is my area. Okay. I know. Well, no, this isn't your area because we're talking phantoms, and you've been very vocal about your disdain towards uh, the age. Prospects. We're talking about the prospects. I could give a crap about Bigross or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> Well, anyways, Wyatt Wiley, Linus Hogberg, bye, they are all coming over. Bye, grass. Bye. Um, <laughs> at least next year, bye. But Linus Hogberg's making the jump from the SHL over to North America to play for the Phantoms as well. You have an influx of talent here coming from juniors from across the ocean over in Sweden. You also have a good mixture of people who are departing through expired contracts. Who, what... What's this blue line? This blue line is even more just wishy-washy than the Flyers' blue line, I think. So here's the thing. Well, I'm going to go back. I'm going to start with Zamula. What Zamula was doing before he got hurt was incredible. I thought that he was playing really well in the WHL, but what he was able to do in the World Juniors while being hurt 
phenomenal. was unreal. I had gotten to the point where I had convinced myself that he could possibly, depending on what things looked like, could contend for an NHL roster spot next year because he has the size. He has the skill. Um, now that he was hurt, though, I, I kind of pumped away from that a little bit. Pumped away. That's such a weird thing to say. Backed away from that brakes. a little bit. Yeah, pumped the brakes <laughs> away. Um, but I do think that he will be a big part of the Phantoms' blue line. I mean, he's incredibly offensively gifted. And again, having that with the size is only going to help him. Um, so when I look at the important part of the Phantoms blue line, you know, the youth part of it, he should be able to go in and make an impact immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, do you have, want to say anything about him before we move on to somebody I, else? I agree, and I think that it's... No, I shouldn't say it's similar, but like it is kind of, in a sense, uh, to Morin because of the injuries that Morin has sustained. You're looking at, you know, a surgery that Zamula just had on an essential part of the body that you really need to play really any sport. I think there should be a bit of caution with Zamula moving forward because it was, what is it, um, what'd they call it? It's um, the type of injury, it's... Degenerative or something like that. I, I'm no doctor. You'll I, there's right. no PhD in front of my name or behind it, wherever it belongs. But it's one of those issues that you know could persist. So, kind of easing him into the workload because it's definitely different than the WHL. Not incredibly oh, different, for sure. but definitely different. Oh, it is. I mean, you do. Luckily, if you look at the three Canadian junior hockey leagues, the CHL teams. WHL is typically more physical. It's not the AHL. I'm not saying that, but it is a more physical style game, which will help him. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, he's got a slight frame. He's not the biggest guy. Right. But at the same rate, when you're an offensive defenseman, you're typically not the biggest guy on the ice, especially on the blue line. So I'm not too worried about that. I think, though, you're going to need to find the right pairing for him because he's going to need a veteran much like himself but also a more responsible veteran and that's what kind of scares me because the veterans available are 34 year old Nate Prosser who I don't think has played an entire full season in his career whether it be NHL or AHL Chris Begras however you want to say it 25 years old yeah you know 16 points in 39 games this year eh you know Right, Watherspoon, you know, who do you pair this guy with unless you no, bring back Friedman and have them play together? Well, see, that's part of the problem, right, is I feel like all these veteran AHL contracts should just be for one year. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't sign these guys for more than one year. You know, I would love um, – what the hell was his name? I just had it. TJ TJ Brendan, thank you. TJ Brendan, same breath. I would love to have him. I mean, that would be a great person to pair him with. But you're right, man. I, and what do you do? Do you put him with another younger guy? You know, I, I wouldn't put him and Wyatt Wiley on the same pairing. No. You know, they're way too similar, and no one would really be defending. Uh, and that's <laughs> no knock on either of them, but they're both very offensively minded. Mm-hmm. Um. 
but you're right, man. I, I don't know. And that's the tough part with this, right? It's yeah. like you got to set these guys up for success, but if they're playing with a bunch of chuckleheads, then it's not going to help them. Yeah. It, realistically, though, looking at this entire lineup for the Phantoms, when you think about it and you say, okay, Walensky's contract expires, he's gone. Wilcox yep. likely gone as well. We'll bring back Friedman. There is room, if you really wanted to, to bring in that veteran guy like a TJ Brennan, somebody that can sit there with the Phantoms, mentor a guy like Zamula, even Wiley on occasion, if you want to kind of you know, float him around. Because if Friedman's there, you have another veteran as well. Morin, I don't know how much you're going to learn from a guy who's sat out the past couple years with injuries. But, right. you know, there's a lot on the table for the Phantoms right now between rehabbing injuries, growing these kids, because you have some solid talent that you think can make a leap to the NHL eventually and could make an impact. That's, I mean, Scott Gordon's got his hands full down there. Right. I mean, you know, if I were to just... If we were to say that Moran and Friedman were to both be in Lehigh Valley next year, which... I mean, there's a possibility, but there's also a possibility it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, my six defensemen would be Friedman, Zamula. I mean, not in a pairing, but Friedman, Zamula, Morin, Wiley, Hogberg, and whoever the hell. Beegrass, Prosser. I don't give a crap about the other one. But, like, yeah, because you do have – I mean, Friedman can essentially be viewed as a veteran on the Phantoms, sure. you know? Um Morin, you'd like to think he's gone to enough meetings. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he Jesus. knows what he's talking about. I don't mean like AA meetings or anything like that. I just mean, you know, he's in the, the film room, well, stuff like that. Well, thank you for clarifying uh, um, that. <laughs> because you do have a lot of offensive intrigue on the blue line as far as your prospects. Like Zamula and Wiley, I think, you know, put in the right position, I, I think that they could – succeed quickly at the AHL level. I think Wyatt Wiley is a little bit further behind Zabul as far as NHL readiness. Um, but I, and I, I'm not really too familiar with Hogberg's game. I mean, it's a, it's a whole different beast over in Europe. And I know that you had a suggestion yeah. for him, right? Hogberg, you know, you're talking about playing in the SHL. It's another men's league, so you're playing against other men. It's not like you're playing against, you know, kids and juniors. Played it's, against men. Yeah, that could, dates back to our NCAA versus CHL argument here. But I think that much like how they handled Ustamenko and Sandstrom last year, I think Hogberg might actually benefit from some time down in the ECHL with the Reading Royals. Not saying that he needs to be buried down there for a year. Not saying that he needs to spend the entire year there. It could be one of those things where, you know, he goes there, plays 10 games. He's just absolutely shredding it apart. And they're like, right. oh, he's definitely better than that. So they bring him up and they find room for him. There is room. You can send... If I'm not mistaken, you can send a guy like Prosser, Bigra, Watherspoon, one of those guys down. Send them all. Send them all. Or even uh, just put them in the in the press box for a couple games. You know, right. if they end up as the seventh defenseman by the end of the year because Hogberg's like, this is my spot now. Great, even better. I'd be even happier to the moon. But again, it might not be that bad because they need to prioritize these guys now. They need to prioritize Zamula. 
Wiley, and Hogberg. Those three guys are the young guys that you want to develop. There's an uncertainty with them, whereas with guys, again, like the veterans they signed last year, they know what they're getting with them. Right. Here's my thing, though, and it's it's kind of a two-parter. One thing is I think that skaters, so I'm talking forwards and defensemen, are different than goaltending when it comes to the coast. And when I say the coast, I mean the ECHL. Ooh, fancy Um, lingo. I know. I know. I'm a real hockey guy. Hockey guy. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I worry about that becoming, like, that's where people go to die. Like, they just can never get off out of the coast, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And he he could be the more pro-ready when you're comparing him to Zamula or Wiley. You know, I, I think that although it's a different sheet of ice and different, you know, different size ice and everything, his style, at least from what I've seen and who people I've talked to when they describe his game, he's much more of a stay-at-home guy. He's a defense-first kind of player, mm-hmm. I believe. And I think that that might translate easier to the North American game. Um, so I don't know if it would be a disservice. I'm not really for putting him in Reading just cuz I, I worry about that kind of like hampering his d- development. It's a it's a fine line where do you want to coddle him and send him to the third of the three leagues that he's eligible to play in? The third as in like the least skilled because right. we all know the rankings here. Or do you want to kind of just say, "Hey, trial by fire. Let's see how you do in the AHL. Let's see how you do as a phantom." Right. Not to say that that's the worst option. One option obviously will end up being better than the other, but we don't know that yet. You know, do you want to coddle him? Do you want to say, hey, here, buddy, you know, take these minutes down in the ECHL. Show us what you can do and against, you know, the least of the competition you'll face this year. Or do you want to say, hey, buddy, welcome to the bigs. Go out there and show us what you got. Right. Uh, you know, and I think of another player like Matt Strom, where I didn't necessarily love that he was put in Reading um, because I just don't – I think it, kind of, it you risk them plateauing more when they're playing against lesser competition. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want when they go to the next step to it be a jump. I want them to kind of struggle a little bit. I want them to have to, you know, transition and change their game and then jump over that hurdle. And I worry about – that hurdle not being enough when they have to go to the coast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just a personal thing, I guess. That's a valid point. You know, you don't want to discourage them by sending them down to the ECHL. That, Cause to some people it's like, you might look at that and say, ah, they really don't think that much of me. That's why they're putting me here. It, it depends on the mental, the mentality right. of these guys. Are they going to take it as a, you know, an opportunity where they say, this is my chance to prove that I belong in the AHL, or are they going to take it as like a demotion by saying, oh crap, like they don't think I'm good enough. Right. I'm assuming these guys all have that mentality that, you know, I'm going to go out there, bust my ass. Of course. You know, but, and also at the same time, just thinking about the Phantoms blue line, if you were to, if you were to say, Hey, you know what? Zamula, he can't be playing every night to start. I wouldn't be opposed to swapping him and Wiley out like a Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, in a similar role until they both kind of got comfortable. 
Um, like, so starting it off where it's like a, essentially a seventh defenseman, if you want to call it that. But it's more like, okay, you're going to take that position Friday night and then Saturday night. And then once you both kind of get your feet underneath you or your skates underneath you, if you will, then we'll get rid of one of the chuckleheads and you guys will both be full time. But is that going to be too much of like an inconsistency with them? Is it going to be, I guess, is that going to hamper them only playing every other game essentially instead of having them in the lineup every night, getting them used to the rigors of the NHL schedule or AHL schedule. I'm sorry. But the AHL schedule is very similar to a Canadian junior schedule. I mean, they typically play on the weekends. Yeah, but in those Canadian junior leagues, they were playing every game essentially. No, you're right. I know. I'm just trying to think of a way, like in my mind, Right. If I'm the coach of the Phantoms or general manager or whatever, who's going to make these decisions? Zamula, Wiley, and Hogberg are my three defensemen. Mm-hmm. And then let's, I mean, a Friedman too. Um, and then let's figure the rest out. I, I mean, I, I think that that's what's best for them. But clearly there's more going on there because, you know, we have three veteran chuckleheads that are taking roster spots. Now, I'm going to throw you a question here, and I want an honest answer. Okay. The real only veteran option that sticks out from the rest of these guys is Nate Prosser. And you can argue veteran, you know, whether it's based on age or skill. 34 sure. years old. He's seen the league. He knows it. Is it worth a – and to my knowledge, he's more of a defensive defenseman. Is it worth pairing him on the third pairing night in and night out with a guy like Hogberg who plays to you, what you said a similar style is it worth the consistency in schedules playing him the 70 something games that the AHL plays and keeping them together as a pairing to kind of let them learn from each other kind of like a Provrovniskanen dynamic or should you do that you know every other night pairing with somebody better yeah yeah i don't know i don't know i mean the thing is is like I think you want somebody for Hogberg that's a different style. And I I really don't want to sp- – I'm not too confident in, like, talking about his game because, again, I, I don't really see too much of the European leagues. Um, so somebody else could be like, no, dude, he, he's actually quite offensively gifted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really don't know. I mean, I think that, like – I agree with you. Put Brosser in there, but maybe – pair him with somebody a little bit more offensively risky, like a Wyatt Wiley. Okay. You so know what I mean? could, you know, kind of be there just in case to pick up the scraps if need be. Right. And at the same time, kind of coach him and be like, like, listen, dude, you can do that, but you got to get back. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, this is still your responsibility. Cause I think that of the two more offensive defensemen prospects, I think Wyatt Wiley is the one that's going to need a little bit more work. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I'm with you on that one. So, I don't know. But it is quite the conundrum. I'm not sure. And there could possibly be another young guy. You're right. In and Lehigh Valley. We're going to get to him. I say let's get to him right now. We can discuss the others yeah. here in a bit. But we have one guy who's floating in between college hockey and the AHL. His name is Wyatt Clinic. 
we don't know what's going to happen right now. He's made his intentions clear that he wants to turn pro. He, You had just mentioned to me before the show started here that he has been, he's left the leadership team, you said? So, yeah, he was taken off the leadership team, and people were a little confused by that. But it was because he made his intention known to Wisconsin that he was going to turn pro. He wasn't coming back to Wisconsin. Now, and by doing that, and I hope that if I'm mistaken here and my information is incorrect, someone will correct me. But to my knowledge, when you make that intention clear and you leave college, you have 30 days from the day that that has happened until you get signed. You have 30 days to sign an NHL contract. And it's just to help you out here because we were kind of looking at this together. It's if you were drafted at the age of 20. Yes, and to my knowledge, he was 20 years old when he was drafted, correct? Yep. yep. So, at 20 years old, Kalinick was drafted. He is, this was his junior year in Wisconsin. He can technically become a free agent if the Flyers choose not to extend an offer to him. He, or he doesn't accept it. Exactly. So he could have his mind made up saying, I'm going pro and exactly. I'm not going to play for the Flyers. He's also eligible to go back into the draft, to my knowledge as well. Again, if I'm mistaken, please correct me. But from what I'm That's reading crazy. here, it is. I mean, getting drafted twice, like, you know, that'd be awesome. Just getting drafted at the age of 23. Yeah, and what? He was a seventh-round pick? Yeah, seventh-round pick, and he was skipped over two drafts. Yep. I mean, the guy could... You know, think about it. You get drafted in the seventh round the first time you declare for it. You want to declare for it again? I definitely don't see him. Are you sliding sure that's right, round. man? What? Are you sure that's right that he could re that he can join the draft again? I think he just becomes a free agent. A player not signed by a drafted team within two years can re-enter the draft, assuming they are still eligible. Now, I don't know what those eligibilities are. It doesn't describe it. What I'm looking at right now. But it also like says... 23 might be out of the uh, eligibility rate. It might be. Uh, but hold on a sec. Wasn't Panarin, when he came over from the KHL, wasn't he over 23? Or did he... He might have been drafted earlier and then just when he was in the NHL and won the... I don't think he was drafted. Panarin was drafted. Was he? Or, I don't know, man. I, yeah. I, again, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Flyers podcast. We don't so, focus too much on everybody yeah. else. But... If regardless, if that's not the case and he doesn't go back into the draft, but he doesn't accept an offer from the Flyers or doesn't get one, he can become an unrestricted free agent, being able to sign with any team, no compensation paid to the Flyers. The Flyers no longer have his rights. Yeah. My internet's not working. Oh, that's lovely. But so (laughs) what it seems like right now, it's kind of a holding pattern. The Flyers do have... He wasn't drafted, by the way. Sorry. I just had to figure that out. Panarin. He wasn't drafted. Okay. Yeah. So they were. he was signed, okay, by the yep. Blackhawks. Sons of yep, guys. he was playing in the KHL. Yep. So. And then he came in All right, so America. anyway, Kalanuk. Kalanuk. Is he, yeah. in your mind, going to end up a Flyer at the end of all this? No. No? No. Not a shed of certainty. It, no, I'm pretty certain he's not going to be a flyer. Okay. And what leads you I, to believe you know, that? Because it would have been done already. Good if, point. If you, have a 30, if you have a 30-day deadline 
and I mean, we don't know the exact date that he declared this, but what we were reading was from at least three to four weeks ago. Um, it's getting close. He would already be a flyer by now. I, if he wanted to be a flyer and they wanted him to be a flyer, it would have already been done. Okay, you want to turn pro? Great. Here's your contract. Sign it. Clearly somebody isn't interested. And I kind of have a feeling it's him. I think you're right. I think, you, you know, know I mean? when you're wide clinic looking at the situation, Zamula, Wiley, Hogberg, they all, they're in this right. year. Zamula signed last year, but it was not retroactive, but it was only good for this coming up season. So this is the beginning right. of his ELC. Wiley, Hogberg signed. They didn't, um, they did not extend an offer to David Bernhardt. So he's out of the system now. They have, but you that, have other guys in the system too coming up too. Exactly. You know, you've got a bunch of guys. So you've got Mason Millman, you've got Cam York, you've got Ronnie Adder. They just drafted last year. Adam Yinning is still out there as well. Yep. Guys like John Sainavani, Valerie Vasiliev. They still have Vasiliev's rights, and he's 26 years old playing in the KHL. So if he ever made the jump to the NHL, he right. is property, you know, of the Flyers. But at 26 years old, it's looking pretty unlikely Vasiliev's going to make the jump. He's a big guy. Don't go too far down that road. Don't go down that road. We're still talking about Kalinuk. You're right. You're right. Kalinuk, Kalinuk, Kalinuk. But he's, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just call him Wyatt K. Potato, Wyatt potato. K. I, you know, he, if I'm him, I'm looking at this situation and going, I've got a lot of people to compete with. The Flyers blue line already is pretty young. Mm -hmm. You know, is there really a spot for me? My guess is I could probably do better as a free agent. Now, the Flyers could be looking at it the same way mm -hmm. and going, you know, yes, you've been doing well in Wisconsin. I mean, it's essentially been a steal in the draft, if you think about it, for, sure. um, for how well he's been playing. But they're Chuck Fletcher he drafted like 43 defensemen in the last draft. So he clearly is bringing in his own crop. So it's like, I just don't think the fits there for either side. No, I and agree. I really like it too. I know. And I'm going to be disappointed if he doesn't end up donning the orange and black and it, it sucks, but at the same rate, that's hockey, it's business, you know, right. If you, there's no room for you, there's no room for you. And it's looking increasingly more so, like there isn't because of these guys coming over like Hogberg, Wiley, and Zamula. Whenever I see the um, college free agents, you know, especially the ones who choose to go to free agency and, and not sign with the team that drafted them, I always look to their hometown for the team that they might sign with. So you find like the Rangers get a lot of guys because you get the New York people. Like you always feel like, oh, I'm a Ranger fan at heart, so I'm going to sign with them. <laughs> anyway, um, He's from Manitoba. Is that Winnipeg? Manitoba, to my knowledge, yes. I'm not the greatest at geography, but I believe so. Manitoba's in Winnipeg. Yeah, I think so, too. No, so, I think Winnipeg's in Manitoba. Winnipeg, what, Manitoba. Yeah. Winnipeg, Manitoba? Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, yeah. I think back, because that's right, where Chris right? Jericho's from, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. And they have the Manitoba Moose as their AHL team, right? You're right. Look so, at this. It's the stars Got are it. That's where he's going, Winnipeg. Yeah, John Go said it first. I agreed with it second. So it's going to happen. 
Book it. All right. But, I mean, so clinic, it's a definitive no. He's not going to be a flyer. For me, at least. Yeah. yeah. I'm still holding out a shred of hope, but I. As you always do, my friend, as you always do. The always optimistic Derek here. But uh, it's just increasingly looking like he will not end up in the Flyers system beyond being a draft pick. Regardless, we have a couple other prospects to touch on here. We want to talk about some of the younger guys that have the potential to sign an ELC basically whenever they would like. But if it's realistic or not, when they're up for their ELCs. Yeah, Yeah. so let's, let's start out basic. Mason Millman not signing his ELC this year. Well, no, definitely not. But I think that um, he couldn't have asked for a better season with Saginaw. I mean, he really jumped in production from the year that he was drafted. You know, 13 goals, 31 assists. And that's only going to – his roles are going to continue. And I could see him signing after next season. He's he's had a great year with Saginaw in the OHL. He's played phenomenal – uh, you know, he's got a decent build. He'll put some more weight on his frame, only at 176 pounds, but 6'1", you know, you could see him getting up to a decent, like, maybe 190, and that's a solid size for a defenseman of his uh, skill set. For sure. Yeah, I mean, and I think there's enough about him when I watch him play. He seems so, I don't know the right word, like, I'm going to say coachable, but I think there's probably a better word for it. But like he has all of the foundational tools necessary to kind of build him into the defensive, the defenseman you want him to be. It's which intrigues me. Coachable really is the perfect term for it. You know, it sounds cliche. It's the typical term to use for it, but he's very receptive to, you know, feedback. He's very receptive to, being able to be coached, and that's honestly what you look at in a guy like that. You drafted him. He was, what, fourth, fifth round? He was fourth round. Fourth round. Like, you know, fourth round guy. It's one of those things, like, if he works out, that's awesome. If he doesn't, then it's kind of right. like it's at that cusp where, ah, oh, well, it was only a fourth round pick. But, you know, then you look at other fourth round picks that did pan out, and you're like, oh, well, you know, cripes. But right, right now, great trajectory for Mason Millman right now. He looks great, obviously. Give him another year or so down in the OHL with Saginaw. Let's see how he does with a little more responsibility added to his game there. And if he signs his entry-level contract, he can always go back to the OHL too. So Yes, much I mean, like he most Zimola. likely will. Right. Yeah. Anyway, we can go to the next guy. I just wanted to add that bit. Cam York. Cam York. Cameron York from the University of Michigan. The intention is so, there for after next season, him to go right. pro. In in your mind, is that a good move? Well, I think it's a good enough move if the next college season can happen. True. Um, I do think that he had a really good freshman year, especially, you know, the production was there, especially with suffering an injury. Mm-hmm. So I do think he could turn pro. I don't think he's destined for the NHL the next season. But the whole thing is, man, you don't know what's going to happen next year. And I'm trying to look to see. So mm-hmm. interestingly enough, the uh, the Red Deer Rebels own his 
WHL rights. So, hypothetically speaking, if there was no NCAA season next year, Cam York could go to the WHL, could decide to go that route if there was a season. And if there's no NCAA season, I want every prospect to do that because I think you can't miss a year of your development. So I do, but I don't know if he could go back to college the next year. I don't know how that works. Um, I don't know either. I, that's, which yeah. makes things more interesting, but um, I don't know. I mean, I think if we, if we say that the college thing's going to happen, then yeah, I could see him signing his ELC next year and it being all right. I mean, he's a first round pick, you know, he, he's already proven to be pretty good at the college level. It might be good to then move him to the next. And it would come at a great time if he does declare and go pro after next season, if it happens, Prosser, Begroff, Wotherspoon, they're all off the books. Right. So you have open spots. Obviously, they'll probably fill at least one to two of those spots with somebody through free agency, unless one of these other guys signs, but it's looking unlikely. He's going to have to start in the AHL, in my opinion. I don't think he's going to make that immediate jump to the NHL. Um, you know, call it, you know, me it's being just, a... It's hard to... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's just hard to tell, man, because you don't know what he's going to look like next year. Like, he could he could come into next year and be, you know, amazing. That's true. And, you know, call it me being a hockey, know. hockey man, but like 5'11", 174... Right. He's a bit undersized. I hate right. it, it makes me sound like a, a D bag saying that, but I would like to see him maybe get up to one eighty five. You know, it's only ten pounds, but that can make some difference. Right. Yeah. For sure, man. So the freshman fifteen hasn't hit him yet, but you know, it, it nope. will. It always will. It always does. Yep. But anyways, <laughs> next guy, we've got John Sanavani, who seems like he's been in the system for a while now. Uh, he's playing at Yale and is this, is, is he destined to be a flyer or a phantom at this point? No, unfortunately he's kind of a forgotten prospect at this point. And I think it's more because he's no longer with the GM that drafted him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think he has played really well. I think he's a good defensive prospect. I just don't think that Fletcher's going to have real interest in him. He's going to go, this guy is replaceable with somebody that I've chosen. Yeah. You know, he's not an offensive guy. He has size to him. But again, I, I don't think there's enough appeal there for him to make, you know, the the pro roster with so many other guys also fighting for roster spots. So You could argue Fletcher has looked towards size a bit you know, in some of these decisions, but again, the fact remains, like you said, he's a Hextall guy. He's a Hextall draft pick. He's kind of fallen by the wayside. He's not the shiny new toy anymore in the Flyers prospect system, let alone amongst right. blue liners. There's other guys that have kind of surpassed him, in my opinion, on the oh uh, yeah for the, sure in the pecking order here. And uh, you know, I think he's gonna end up much like. Uh, Bernhardt this year, maybe not getting a, an ELC, which yeah. leads us to the next guy who has two more years to sign, or three, I should say, after this season if they happen. Ronnie Adderd, he was drafted out of the USHL, and he is now playing 
at the old school of Wade Allison, the Western Michigan University, University yep. of Western Michigan, whatever it is. <laughs> Never been there, so can't tell you, but <laughs> regardless, he is another prospect who he was a little older when they drafted him. He was 20 years old and yep. went to college, so now he's playing there. Had the, He had a phenomenal year in the USHL when he was drafted. His draft year was great. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. This year, obviously, this down year, a bit. Mm, right. Know. I mean, he was hurt for a little bit, too. But, like, this guy, you know, I can't remember who the heck said it. Probably some chucklehead. But, anyway, it was like, this is going to be the steal of the draft. Like, he was drafted as a project. I remember who said I, that. You know, <laughs> no, I kind of do, but I'm not going to mention who it is. Yeah. Anyway. No need. <laughs> anyway, be nice. That's what we're doing. We're being nice. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so anyway guy has you know some great offensive talent but there are so many other aspects of his game that i i just don't know what he's doing sometimes um so he still has a lot of kinks to work out where who knows if he's gonna work them all out he at least needs another one or two years in college yeah it would not surprise me to see adder go the four years at western michigan um, right, but so he would probably fall into the same category as Wiley, uh, not Wiley, as uh, Kalanuk, though, because, however, Wyatt K. Yeah. Um, where, like, he could, after two years, decide to go pro, right? Mm-hmm. Or something three. like that. I yeah. mean, I don't think after three, whatever. Wyatt K was but, a junior so this year. So he could go that route. Right. Anyway, I, I think that the Flyers are going to wait as long as they can with this guy. The more time that they let pass, the more they see out of him. So I think it can only yeah. benefit the Flyers at least. You know, it, obviously it could benefit Adderd as well. But right. it's one of those things, man. Ugh, I, I, it's too early to project for me. Uh, again, I'm not right. the prospect mind here. John is. You know, I only dabble, you could say. You know, I, I dabble in the prospects. But uh, <laughs> but I don't think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're out of out of control by being like, no, it's not going to happen because I'm more of it. It's not going to happen. Then it will. Yeah. Yeah. I see him you being know? at the very least a phantom eventually. But again, like you said, if he takes that Wyatt clinic route, you know, he could end up seeing a better opportunity somewhere else and telling Playing Fletcher. For his hometown. Yeah. Telling Fletcher, you know, Hey, bye. You know, so It'd be nice if my internet was working because I can I can tell you where Adder's from. Let's oop, let's see. Oh, you got it. White Lake Township, Michigan. So he so he's gonna be a Red up, Wing. Yeah, he could be. I see it now. Unless unless White Lake Township gets a pro team sometime soon, it'll be the Red Wings. Yeah, another expansion draft. Let's book it, Batman. <laughs> All right. Do we really have to talk about Valerie Vasiliev? No. I mean, you did you did too much of that already. It, it'd be interesting because he's just a big dude, but it's not happening. And we have his rights until until he decides to make the jump. He's until a the end of time. Player. Yes. Yep. The Flyers Great. own him. Thank God. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So the Last only guy. other guy worth talking about here is really the only other guy that is in this is Adam Yinning. Adam Yinning is currently playing for Linköping in the SHL, playing with the men over in Sweden. His stats will not jump off the page at you. They haven't jumped off nope. at us. Three points, nope. 27 games. 
Six, captain four. of the World Junior Team, though. Yes, yeah. captain. captain of the World Junior Team. This was his, what, second or third year on that team, though, so I want to say sense. second, third, battle, yeah, whatever, was, it doesn't matter. He's one of the longer-tenured guys, so it makes sense. Yep. You know, uh, 6'4", 205, solid frame, 20 years old, still pretty young. I do see him as a phantom at the very least, but his game just doesn't intrigue me. Well, right. I mean, where's the offensive upside here? And, you know, to be an NHL defenseman these days, especially one that's trying to make his way to the NHL, you need to have offensive upside. I don't really see it with him. So, you know, and and he struggled a little bit this year. You know, he he bounced around a little bit between the SHL, the Super Elite, and the Allsvenskan. That's how they say it. Miles Venskin. <laughs> if I ever have a son, that's what I'm going to name him. Miles Venskin, go. Just anyway, short. just Alpha Short, yep. And, or Sven. Sven. Get, the, get the middle part of that's it, Sven. One. Your daughter would love that um, frozen reference. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where were we? Anyway, yeah, uh, um, beginning. Yes. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Again, like, there's got to be room for these people. I, I think very much he should be someone who's signed. I do think that he's a very skilled defenseman. But I don't know, you know, this is could, again, be one of those things where it's like Fletcher is, is like, you know, I didn't draft you. I have so many young blue liners here. I don't know if I necessarily need to sign you. Yeah. Um, not saying that's the right move at all, but I could see that happening. He's another guy that, you know, I hate to say it, could end up falling by the wayside just because he won't jump off the page at you. He's not a guy that you look at and say, we need him in our system. We need him as a phantom. We need to, you know, develop him. Let's see what he can do at the NHL level. That's There's clearly guys Fletcher has and holds in a higher regard than Yinning. And that's, you know, I feel like stating the obvious. But... Even if he does make the jump, is he going to be a priority? Is he going to be one of those guys where it's like, let's develop him, let's see what he's got? Or is he just going to be, hey, you're here, you play, and have fun? Well, actually, you know, it's interesting if you think about it. Because if you look at a lot of the younger guys, you have, you know, Zamula, offensively minded. Wyatt Wiley, offensively minded. Mason Millman, offensively minded. Cam York, offensively minded. Ronnie Adderd, only offense. Um, he it, he might be a nice little counterbalance because you do need somebody who can be disciplined in his own zone. And it's like, hey, maybe you know what? He could be a good sixth defenseman in the NHL. Is Adam Yinning the new Robert Haig? Let us know. Call in at one eight hundred. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's a real question. Is he because Haig was never this phenomenal right. offensive defenseman, and he made it to the NHL, and it was that year that everybody's like Sanheim, Morin, da 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 da. Haig was the guy right off the bat that made the NHL roster. Right. The problem is, man, is the Flyers are in a situation, and any NHL team truly. You know, you can only have so much youth coming in at the same time, you know, and there's only so many spots. I mean, we we talk about this all the time when we talk about prospects. So something's got to give here, you Absolutely. know, so either 
he's not going to make it or one of your more offensively minded guys aren't going to make it. But at some point, somebody's not going to make it. And if they maybe they say, hey, you know what, Wyatt Wiley, he can't he can't defend the way we need him to at the pro level that he becomes an AHL guy, mm-hmm. you know, which is possible. You know, there there might not be an NHL future for somebody like Wiley. But so it'll just be interesting to see what Fletcher really views, what he values within his prospects. Yeah, we're still because early in his time. Right. Because he's also someone who's not afraid to go out and get a defenseman, I mean, a, a veteran to shore up the defense. Made very much evident by his acquisitions right. of Braun and Niskanen. Yeah. You right. know. That really is all the guys that we should be talking about, at least when it comes to defensemen for the Flyers. So, you know, to put a cap on this, I say there's nothing better to do, to do right now than to have you tell the fine folks listening where they can find us on their various podcasting platforms. All right. So, well, first you can find us on Twitter at PodSTBullies. You can find us... Um, on the various platforms such as Apple Podcasts. This is, I would feel like I'm being quizzed when we do this. You're Spotify, failing. Google Podcasts, yep. iHeartRadio. Does YouTube have a podcast channel? Uh, no, you would find not, us on YouTube. We'll have to, well, no. We haven't been on YouTube we're not for a couple no. weeks now. We have, we're in the midst of working on our own channel here. Uh, that's, only You're because right. the kid has taken up a lot of my time recently. But, you know, makes sense, right? <laughs> yep. Anyway, um, and of course, wait, well, there's other ones too. SoundCloud. But by this point, you're listening to us because you like listening to us and you have your preferred um, thing. So I don't really think I need to say that anymore. But anyway, I feel high tonight, dude. I don't know what it is. But, like, I cannot form complete sentences without getting sidetracked. I was going to ask you, but I was going to wait till after the show. <laughs> no. I haven't smoked weed in, like, ten years. Ten, but, has it felt like ten years, or has it actually been ten years? I think it might have been ten years, man. Me and, <laughs> we, me and we did not do well. No. I'd be like, take two tokes, head on the floor. Oh. Like, not didn't mix man i know you were a big stoner definitely were a stoner i was keyword being was. yes yes back in the was. day I, anyway, I had my moments <laughs> if you if you want to see uh if you want to hear more like what it's like for us to be stoned on podcasts you should go to pod muncher um it is where you get the completely unedited unadulterated version of pod street bullies with a lot of well. background noise outtakes um visuals my wife yelling at me the dog barking child crying right you know all that good stuff someone being murdered yep police sirens you know they go off all the time around here apparently oh yeah (laughs) come to long island anyway Derek, do you have anything fun to say i do actually i think that (laughs) the last thing i should leave you guys with you can find me on twitter at pot street bob you can find john on twitter at pot street gove as always, you can find us on Twitter at Pod Street Bullies. That's redundant. John just said that. But anyways, I'll leave you guys as I always leave you. And let's go Flyers. Bye now. Bye.